Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome back to the Equipping Podcast. Uh, this is Sam uh, doing a little bit of a New Year, New You takeover. Just kidding. We, but we are going to be talking about rhythms today and specifically what it looks like for rhythms and spiritual disciplines in the Christian life. Um, we are doing a podcast takeover. We do not have our regulars in attendance. Uh, we have kicked Jake and Michael out of the studio, and I am joined here today by Matt. Say what's up. What's up? And Randall. Hi, Sam. And Danny. Excited to be here. Good deal. Yeah. So we are ready to, to kick off this new year with just uh, a message and encouragement uh, to you all to be intentional as we seek to grow as mature disciples this year, um, being equipped to be everyday missionaries all for God's glory. So that's what our mission is. That's what we're about. And that's what we want to continue to return to and continue to uh, encourage us and, and our people to uh, continue to pursue. So uh, before we jump into a lot of our, our subject matter here today, uh, we're going to continue on with the tradition of loving and learning. So who would like to go first? What is something that you have been loving or what is something that you have been learning recently? I have been loving. I know this is coming out January, but we are recording right before Christmas. And I have been loving... Um, just watching Christmas through the eyes of my preschooler. Mm-hmm. It's been super sweet. And we've been more intentional this year than we have in the past. We um, bought this block set. They're called Advent Blocks. And they come with a book um, that really just sets the stage for Jesus's birth starting in Genesis 1 oh, cool. and working through the whole Old Testament um, and so it's been really sweet. I guess that's a loving and learning because I've been learning alongside my four-year-old just what Christmas means, what it means that Christ was born and the implications of that for our lives. So that's, that's been really sweet. That's awesome. I'd say, so when we moved, kind of life changed, right? And our routines and rhythms uh, became different than they were. Um, and I'm kind of a big picture guy. And so I tend to think like down the road and themes and trends. And my wife is, is in, in the moment person. And I have uh, loved how God's used her to help me like really enjoy the moment. And so I just think of the last couple months, there's been so many instances where um, we've been to a new place or doing something new as a family and just kind of me taking a step back and looking at one of my kids or all my kids and just seeing small things and just really appreciating those. And so I think God's just using those things in my family just to help me appreciate the the small stuff that I would tend to overlook. Yeah. I've been loving actually um, kind of incorporating written prayers from past Christians in my own prayer life lately. Um, I found that incredibly enriching for me to kind of learn more language of prayer from people Mm. who have really sought to live lives devoted to God in the past. Specifically, I'm thinking of uh, the Valley of Vision. It's so good. And just this this collection of prayers from people who are like deeply aware of their sin, but even more deeply aware of the grace of God to them. And that awareness of their sin 
enriched their in their eyes the grace of God. And so there's been so much devotion stirred in my heart from that. And just a good reminder that not every prayer you pray has to be spontaneous. There are beautiful prayers written from people that can actually stir you on and be a springboard to mm-hmm. more prayer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's sweet. Uh, I am also going to go with loving. Um, this, like, we have sung Christmas carols in our house before, but for some reason this year, it is like a new level of like commitment to, yeah, yeah. But it's also sweet, like, um, you know, our oldest is in kindergarten at, uh, you know, a Christian school. And so he's getting, he's getting a lot of that reinforcement at school. So he's bringing the songs home from school. Um, but then our three and a half year old trip has just been like, Absolute. I don't know if it's a bedtime delay tactic, but one of the things that we started to do is like, I will lay down in bed with him and we will like, so we've said prayers, gone potty for the 15th time or whatever, brush teeth, Jamie's on, uh, lights off. Kirsten usually dips out. Sometimes she hangs around or, uh, and, and sings with us, but I'll just lay in bed with him and then Theo's on the top bunk and we just start like singing, like I may play into it and encourage the, the <laughs> ongoing length of it, no. but, but just like singing Christmas carols. And it's like, we get in the car and they're throwing out songs we want to listen to. And the, like, just asking for Christmas carols. That's and, great. And it's like, yeah, some of them are the cheesy, like commercialized Christmas carols. but then a lot of it's like, Oh dude, this song has been around for like hundreds of years. And oh, yeah. it's theologically like, sound. Yeah, it's theologically right. sound. This is great. So I've been loving singing Christmas carols with my family. Not that Kirsten does sing. I said that flippantly, but uh, (laughs) I I play into the prolonging of bedtime. Nice. Mm. So, yeah, that's sweet. All right, guys. So we are here to talk about rhythms. And the new year is often a time where we start to talk about uh, New Year's resolutions, right? Love it or leave it. Uh, Hey, sorry. Just threw a Ricky Stanzi. Ricky Stanzi. they're right. Uh, go Hawks. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna reclaim this. Yeah. So we're uh, yeah talking about rhythms, and this is a time of year where even secular people start to talk about New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Um, so what is unique about what we're talking about with spiritual disciplines when it comes to rhythms, and not just New Year's resolutions? I think when you talk about resolutions or goals, I mean, the majority of them that you hear are like me focused, right? So I want to lose weight. I want to make more money. I want to, and it's all about me and making myself and my name better. Mm. And when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, it's about um, doing things, practices, disciplines that um, allow God's grace to kind of overflow onto us. And and yes, our lives are enriched through that. um, But the end goal is not to make myself great. Yeah, yeah, Paul Tripp would say you're either building the kingdom of God or the kingdom of self. Mm, yep. There's no in between and you can't do both. Like it's yep. one or the other. Um, and I just found this quote that I, was really helpful to me that the goal of the Christian life is not so much a set of behaviors as it is an orientation of the soul toward God and his kingdom. And so, yeah, just like Matt was saying that it's for our closeness, our relationship with God to our sanctification to look more like Jesus is for our benefit, but it is also for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And so not glorifying myself, but for God's glory, how can I orient my life Sweet. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one of the books that by the time this comes out, you will have already heard about this, um, but we've got a couple of new resources that just uh, talk about some spiritual disciplines in the Resource Center. So this is from uh, Donald Whitney's spiritual, life, or spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And right off the bat, he defines what spiritual dif- disciplines are. He says, the spiritual disciplines are those practices found in Scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, exactly that. It's for, for God's glory and for our good. Um, and one of the quotes, he starts off chapter one right away. He says, discipline without direction is drudgery. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we're thinking about like a New Year's resolution, like, there's like a, a call to discipline for some goal, but it's, it's a lesser goal. It might just be like behavior modification or mm-hmm. like a personal – and setting por- personal goals and career goals are not wrong, but that's not what we're talking about when it comes mm-hmm. to spiritual disciplines, right? Um, good, good deal. So spiritual disciplines, we've already talked about that. For God's glory, um, what does the Bible say about rhythms or spiritual disciplines and why is that important? Mm. Well, one that immediately jumps out to me is the opening of the Psalms, right? Psalm 1, 1 and 2. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So it's this day and night, this continual rhythm of meditating on God, on the law of the Lord, and it comes out of a delight for God, a delight to dwell with him. And it's not just one portion of the day, it's day and night, it's rhythmic. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing pr- psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And just, again, that focus of it's about Christ, it's about God, yes. and these things benefit me when I, when I go through rhythms, when I am disciplined, um, when I do these things it's of benefit to me because it brings me closer to my creator. I think two things. One, you mentioned someone just, and then they compare that to like, it's like a tree planted by streams of water, right? That bear fruit in season. And so it isn't this like immediate gratification. I mean, it's like, Mm. no, you're, you invest and then you bear fruit. God bears fruit through you. And so it isn't this, this quick process. I think something else too is just like looking at Jesus's life. You know, I mean, so many people focus on, Mm. uh, all the things that he did and healing and all that stuff. And it's like, yes, that is true. But you also see time and time again, him going away to pray, him going away to be alone. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, uh, God in the flesh mm. also had rhythms of pulling away and praying in solitude and communing with his father. Yeah, and there were even rhythms born out of a love for the Father, right? You look at John 17 when he walks away and gives his high priestly parents, the, let them have the love that we have shared before yeah. the foundations of the world, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but it's born out of this deep love and desire for communion between the Trinity. That's yeah, good. I found this, um, paying all our spiritual attention to the message of Jesus while ignoring his practices creates a divide where our practical lives mm. are separated from our actual faith. And so... Believing You're in, writing all these, right? No, this is all goodness, no. no. Someone much book? smarter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. much smarter than me. But just the the idea that our our faith in who Christ was is reflected by our doing what Christ did. Yeah. That's yeah, really that's good. good. All right, I think too. We we kind of we jump past this in talking about what spiritual disciplines are, like not just conceptually. What mm. are they? 
people, like, what are the spiritual disciplines? I think it's easy to talk about a Bible reading and prayer. What, what else? What are other rhythms when it comes to spiritual disciplines that we as followers of Jesus should be engaging in? Yeah, one that jumps out to me right away is the discipline of solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading a book with a few friends, and that's the first chapter talking about solitude and how in our fast-paced culture, very rarely do we go deep enough just to take space to reflect on where is my heart right now. You can do a lot of things without realizing what's your motivation for them. How is your heart before God? And actually, uh, this old guy, Pascal, said this, and it struck me once. It said, all men's miseries derived from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. Now, maybe not all miseries. You might have been exaggerating a little there. But it's this thought that if you actually were to sit just in solitude and open your heart before God, are you actually maybe a little scared of what you'd find because you haven't lent that open to him in a long time? So we distract with all these things. And so solitude has been, I think, an important practice for me that I'm still wrestling with because we live in such a distraction, fast-paced world. But it's a great way to get back to where am I right now? Where do I need to grow? Where am I drifting? And how do I need to be reminded of the gospel in my life? That's good. I have um, Sabbath as one, which is similar, Mm -hmm. but just setting up your your time to rest in the finished work and that I don't have to strive. I don't have to continue to work because the work has been finished and it has been done and applied to my life. Um, But also confession, I think, is Mm -hmm. one that gets overlooked a lot Mm -hmm. where um, that because that's a discipline and a rhythm. Like, am I regularly confessing sin to the Lord and am I regularly confessing sin to a group of trusted brothers and sisters mm-hmm. that um, can help me keep me accountable and can like speak the gospel to me and speak truth to me through my sin, through my confession. I think others, I mean, I think of fasting, yeah. right? I mean, that's one that I think might be one of the least practiced, uh, at least in American Christianity. It, okay, yes. but, but here's where I've kind of realized, I think why is because it's one of those where it's like, oh, we just like, you can't let anybody know. Like, yeah, you sure, know, sure. like it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. get talked yeah. about, but yeah. it's like, okay, but like we, we need to be trained up and like, yeah. how, how does, yeah. how should we be fasting? Right. It's not just like, okay, I remember that like I'm solely dependent upon God, but it's like, no, there actually is like a, like you're in prayer about something specific or like right. you're, you're fasting for a particular, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sorry. I just, um, yeah, no, that, uh, yeah, you, we said solitude, prayer, Bible. Um, I think even things like like worship. I mean, that includes like yeah. corporate worship, which yep. you know don't yes. not do that. It also includes personal worship, and I think even like in the family context, yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, context in which you can worship God, which I think is important. Yeah, that's good. I think some of the other ones, like just looking at kind of the the table contents from Whitney's book, so Bible intake. I think there's a there's a like a personal devotional or Bible reading plan element in there, mm-hmm. but then it also like it is important that we are regularly sitting under the preaching of the word. So yes. like the, the intake of, so the hearing of the word, um, prayer, worship, evangelism, serving, stewardship, fasting, silence, solitude, journaling, learning. Um, I mean, all, all of those things. So it's so much more than um, not to discount Bible reading and prayer, but it's all of the facets in our life in which we may seem to like kind of compartmentalize like, Oh, my spiritual disciplines are my Bible reading, my prayer, Mm. but actually there's so much more that we could be engaging with God in, in shaping and changing and drawing us and growing us in Christ likeness. So 
Yeah, that's that's good. Um, let's talk about some some healthy rhythms and some unhealthy rhythms. So even kind of backing up more than spiritual disciplines, maybe like maybe it's just that somebody needs to take an evaluation of what their rhythms are, like how they're spending yeah. their time in order to make space for some more beneficial spiritual rhythms. What do you guys, what, what kind of input do you have here in, in that realm? Yeah, this is super broad, but I, I think, you know, like I look at my life, so I'm, I just uh, in December turned 41. Um, ooh, ooh, congratulations. Yeah, old you. guy in the yeah, room. Yeah, jeez, man. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's like I, my life and the roles that I have right now are different than they were when I was 20. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm a believer in Christ. So I'm a child of God. Uh, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm an employee. I'm a pastor. Um, I have friends. I have, and so like all, all these things and God's word speaks into all of those things. And so that should inform my values. And so I think just healthy rhythms in general are when my life and what I do and how I spend time, energy, and money reflect mm. those roles, roles well. Sure. And I think an unhealthy rhythm is when I say that these things matter. My family matters and, you know, the church matters and people matter. Yet the way I spend my time, energy and money don't reflect that. Mm -hmm. So when there's a huge gap between those things, that's an unhealthy place to be. Mm. That's good. I also think that even talking about spiritual rhythms, that it's possible to have practiced spiritual rhythms that are actually unhealthy and that's if they're only practiced out of duty without any sense of delight yeah, now right. i want to be careful because there will be times when you're like i'm not I a don't, cheerful giver <laughs> yeah or like i don't feel right now like praying but i know i'm right. called to so it's there is the duty component and we're being trained in our affections right as we practice spiritual disciplines yeah. but in the con- uh, consistent like texts that talk about you know uh, my delight is in the law of the lord and on his law i will meditate day and night or in Deuteronomy 6 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So now teach it to your children day mm-hmm. and night. Bind it to, you know, everywhere you go. And so there's this close connection. And so we just need to be careful to, to strive to have delight be the foundation for the disciplines we pursue, not just personal betterment, not just a sense of duty, though that's there. But ultimately, I love you, Lord, and I want to commune with you. Yeah. And I think when we make disciplines a checklist mm-hmm. and not a delight, that's where we can get into trouble. And I think a lot of times we do that because we lack the recognition of our need for a savior. I don't recognize my need to be in communion with the Lord. And so it's hard, it's unhealthy, it's, it's begrudging, you know, like it's a duty to do these things if my motivation is off. Yeah, you even think of like hungering and thirsting after righteousness. It's like, do I crave these disciplines and see them as need for my nourishment and growth as much as food, <laughs> you know, and that's really convicting to me is, is this something I need? Like you said, do I need this grace of Christ in my life to commune with him? And it's absolutely yes. And that turns duty to delight. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Solid. Um, all right. Now, a really fun question. Why do Christians often struggle with having solid spiritual disciplines? I think they're called disciplines for a reason (laughs) because discipline is hard, right? You know, like it's not, it's aptly named and 
we are disciplined in all of these other ways. Like I set up my schedule and that's a discipline and I meal plan for my family and I have, I meet deadlines and like I have disciplines in all of these other areas. And then all of a sudden when it comes to spiritual disciplines, we're surprised when it's hard. And so I think just leaning into the expectation of like, yeah, sometimes this is hard. This is going to take sacrifice Mm -hmm. of my time and my energy and knowing going in knowing that I think helps set our right expectation if our motivation is in the right place yeah and I think the the other thing that's also just like paradoxically when you think about it like what are we called to boast in the things that we get right and do perfectly no we're called to boast in our weaknesses Mm -hmm. so some of the disciplines actually highlight areas in which we are just doing terrible and like (laughs) we are like oh i've got it all figured out like i'm doing perfect and god's like actually no actually things may look great but i'm actually trying to teach you something over here Mm -hmm. and you've set up this system or this structure or this identity that's actually far from me and i'm drawing you into the reality that i can provide for you in this too so i think that is just like the, the goal of setting up healthy spiritual disciplines isn't just for us, like what you were saying, Matt, to become better or mm-hmm. to arrive, but it's to ultimately grow in our understanding of how much more we need God's grace and how much more he's provided right. for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, yes, they are hard. They are disciplines. Um, so with that said, I think people don't know what to do or how to mm-hmm. do something, right? So even some of those that you mentioned, like fasting and salad, you know, it's like, do, do they know what those actually mean? So one is lack of knowledge. But then two is even if they understand, a lot of times like, well, they choose to prioritize something else in place of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's really easy to focus on like what's urgent, what needs to be done now. And any of these disciplines we're talking about don't need to be done today. Like if I don't pray today, right? Right. I can still do other stuff, but the reality is those things, if done over time consistently are game changers. Mm -hmm. So we tend to prioritize the urgent, important, got to get done by five o'clock today and push off the things that are of more importance yet not Mm -hmm. as urgent. And even going off of that is the things that need to get done today. There's such a kind of attitude in our culture to fast paced expecting immediate gratification or things that get that need to get done i was joking earlier like amazon two-day shipping like most people can't survive without that now and if it's three days you're like where is my package you know (laughs) they'll like give you a discount sometimes it's crazy but like spiritual rhythms they result in like incredible treasures but not immediate like treasures Mm -hmm. right and so it's like it's difficult when you see all these other things that need to get done with immediate results but with spiritual disciplines, it's like you're digging and you will unearth treasure, but you're mining for it sometimes. And people will sometimes just want to lay that pickaxe down and go sit on the couch, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. good. All right. Oh, sorry. You have something? No? You sure? Um, I was yeah, just you say, yeah, yeah. yeah, you do. <laughs> I think when we rely on ourselves for it too, and there's a lack of dependence on the Holy Spirit to um, stir our affections or help us again with our, our right motivation that, um, yeah, we just, that we need to be in unison with the spirit. We need to be yeah. like, we are in Christ. So this isn't something that we just do ourselves. Do ourselves. Right. And I think going back to what you were saying earlier, I meet with a lot of women hilariously. Um, and 
uh, we talk a lot about how we're feeling. And sometimes mm-hmm. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like, I don't feel like. And, and I, like you were saying, like you can't trust your feelings because right. they will lie to you. Mm-hmm. And what gets our attention gets our affections. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not in God's word, we're not going mm-hmm. to fall in love with God's word. It's not yeah. just going to miraculously happen where it's like, oh, today I love the Bible. I can't yeah. believe it. I've done nothing to stir my affections. I've done nothing to build this, but it's just, no, we, we're not going to fall in love with God's word if we're not in God's word. And yeah. so sometimes it is dutiful. It is a process that is delayed where it's yeah. not, go- sometimes I read my Bible and I don't get anything out of it that day where it's like, I didn't get all the warm fuzzies and the mm. feelings, but I'm storing that up for yeah. a, a later time when I need the truth that I read mm. that day mm. and, and treating it as um, an analogy that I've heard before is treating it instead of a debit account where I'm going to God's word to pull out what I need for the day, treating it as a savings account mm. where I'm inputting my contribution every day and storing it up for a time when it's needed. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, all right, so let's let's get start to kind of get practical here. For you guys individually, what has most shaped mm. your spiritual disciplines, your rhythms when it comes to growing in godliness? Mm. I think for me, I mean, just once again, thinking big picture, it's like understanding why it why it's important and why it matters and and not looking at it like a simple checklist. Well, like to be a good Christian, you got to do these four things, but like, (laughs) no, to do these things and when doing these things, like you're communing with the living God of the universe and you're putting yourself in a position or kind of having the posture of saying like, use these things to change me and to conform me into your image. Mm. Like that understanding in of itself is way different than just checking stuff off of a list. Yeah. Right. Which I think is incredibly huge. And then, I mean, once again, it's like having some type of a plan. Yes. Like, you're not just going to wake up like, what should I do today? It's like, no, <laughs> the, these are the things that I'm going to do on a regular basis. These are the rhythms that, that I'm going to have to put myself in this posture before God. And then I think for me, like, I'm a little bit more of a planner and like checklisty. Like, have grace for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that, that, that's something super important, I think, is just like, oh, missed a day. It's not, the world's not going to end. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's, God, God can still work and God still wants to mold and change me. And so it is understanding big picture. It's having a plan. And then when things don't go according to that plan, having faith that God's still moving. That's really good. Yeah. Thinking about that, having a plan, um, uh, the way I phrased it is like having at least a baseline structure to my spiritual rhythms that I can then build upon. So you're not just like trying to figure out what you're going to do. You have a foundation. So like just one example for me is when I was struggling with prayer, finding this like kind of method called like the acts prayer. And it's like adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And it's like, and so you move from adoring God to confessing your sin, to thanking him and then bringing your requests to him. And it was like, that was incredibly helpful for me to have at least a little bit of a structure. And then, okay, some days I spend a lot more time on confession than on Thanksgiving, you know, or on adoration than requests or whatever. But at least I have that baseline structure that helps me. Uh, The Lord's Prayer was another one that greatly helped me. And, you know, it is how Christ taught us to pray. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but just having that foundation that when you're a little lost or like a map, it kind of points you back to here are some healthy and good practices when you're kind of a little lost. So. Yeah, I echo. I just said, like, have a purpose and a plan, yeah. but don't be paralyzed 
by a mm. lack of those. Mm. Sometimes you just need to start. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then strive for consistency, but not perfection, where you're not going to be perfect at this. Yes. And e- when you're not perfect, it doesn't mean you just throw in the towel and are done. Like, nope, just be consistent. Because if you do things more often than you don't do them, your life is going to radically change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have an authentic community of accountability has mm-hmm. been really beneficial for me where I'm, there's people that check in with me and I check in with other people and how can I pray for you? People ask me, what do you need to confess? Mm-hmm. And that is helpful yeah. mm-hmm. because yeah. if they don't ask me, I'm probably not going to do it. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and just having that authentic community that, is is spurring you on and encouraging you in your faith walk yeah that was one of mine i was definitely going to say um i think when it comes to spiritual disciplines like when i so i grew up in a christian home but early 20s came to actually understand the gospel and embrace it and love the lord um and i got to be around some people who like knew the bible and like every conversation, there was always some like theological input or like biblical reference. And I was just remember like, this is a little annoying, but it's also like, it's so good. Like, it's so good. It's like, how do I be like, how do I be like that? And it's through time in the word that you do that. But it was also like being in biblical community and seeing other people's strengths when it came to their spiritual disciplines or things that they had learned or their experiences and just like, leaning into that where um, I like almost to a fault am extroverted. Like I will choose to stay busy and be with people doing things every minute of the day. But I also know that it's so good for me to be alone and to be quiet with the Lord. Right. Mm. But my default would not to be to do that. But I have learned from other people who do that, how to like most beneficially spend that time. Um, so yeah, learning from other godly bel- believers who are engaging in spiritual disciplines have maybe a step ahead or just have different experiences in, in sharing that with them. And then the other thing too that I think has been uh, really shaping just in the last decade of following Jesus has been coming to understand that being a Christian is more than just this retirement plan of going to heaven when mm-hmm. you die. It is, it is a new identity, right? Second Corinthians 5, our kind of ambassador's text that we go through and talking about, like, this is the everyday missionary text. We're going to go here time and time and time again. We're going to talk about, like, this is the mission that we're on. So it's more than just looking to Jesus as our Savior to go to heaven when we die as this retirement plan or, like, this, like, future thing that's going to happen. But we actually are, we become a new creation now. Like, Second Corinthians 5 walk through, walks through this. We become a new creation we are given this God's ministry of reconciliation. And so then we are therefore ambassadors, God making his appeal through us to others to be reconciled to him. So it's an identity shift of understanding that following Jesus is a like, I'm all in, I'm all in for the kingdom. Like this is all about God and his glory and God like do what you want with me. So it's that identity shift. And so when it's that, it's like, oh yeah, why would I not want to be more about God's mission and join him on that and be more prepared? Like you look at, uh, you know, Ephesians 6 talking about like putting on the full full armor of God. There's like all of these defensive measures Mm -hmm. 
but then there's one offensive measure in which we kill sin in our own life and we expose sin in other people's life and that's God's word. Mm -hmm. And so it's like not to discount the defensive measures, but we're to be people of the word growing in our Christ likeness, spending time with him in these different spiritual disciplines to bear more fruit, not for ourselves, not just for our betterment, but for God's glorification as we live our life for him. Right. Yeah. Right. Good. Um, good deal. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump into some resources for further study. Uh, what have been books, podcasts, things that have impacted you guys when it comes to spiritual disciplines? I know I mentioned, uh, we'll have, uh, or we already have, you guys have already heard about this, but we've got, um, Donald Whitney's Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life in the Resource Center. It's a great book. Um, everyone should pick that up and read that at some point. Then there's also another book. I haven't read this yet, so I'm solely going off Jake's recommendation. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading it, but it's called Yawning at Tigers. And so, totally. yeah, let that kind of <laughs> stew, stew in your brain for a minute. But just this idea of, like, we need to recapture, like, how awesome God mm. is. Hmm. Yep. And That's then cool. that, like, moves us to action. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, New Year, Bible reading plan. Um, hopefully you've had a chance to pick up a bookmark at Info Central. Um, we also have our app where we're putting out podcasts. We've got articles. Um, our Bible reading plan has more content and resources to follow along in there. Uh, and then also this year, instead of, like, a booklet where everything is in the Bible reading plan, we've actually got kind of four – four times throughout the year where once a quarter we're going to bring out a new it's the same bible reading plan but it's like the next part of it nice. so cool. just so we've got some additional reminders of like hey have this physical copy be using our resources but let's be people of god's word in that so i think that that's super um super helpful also lastly when it comes to specifically the discipline of being in the word um mark aaron's message from throwing a, a throwback in there from January of 2018, yes. um, where he, I believe, coined or stole the phrase master the restart. I think he has it copyrighted. So. I think he did mm -hmm. it. Copyrighted. Okay. Yeah. But that message on understanding, like, we are called to be people like that have spiritual disciplines. And it is specifically talking about Bible reading and, and prayer. But when it comes to all of our spiritual disciplines, we are going to fail. And we need to get it in our minds that when we fail, give ourselves grace to restart. And, and just because we failed for that week or for that month doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, oh, nope, I guess I'm never going to do that again. But just being able to give ourselves grace and patience and uh, the, the time and the ability to grow and, and hit, hit reset. And then lastly, my other one, haven't started reading this yet. Um, Kirsten's listening to it on Audible now. But I've had a couple of people, I think Nick Dose was the first one to recommend this to us, but uh, the book Habits of the Household. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily just like a spiritual discipline, but it's more of like a, a godly habits that and how that plays out in the family and at home. So I'm looking forward to reading that. That's great. I got a couple. Uh, habits of Grace by David Mathis is a really good book. Um, one that kind of a few years ago helped me kind of just reframe spiritual disciplines in, in a positive way, I think, and just help me understand like it's it's not just a checklist right but these are opportunities to commune with god which i think is big uh two short books so if you are not like a huge reader but want to read something 
Uh, one is Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. Uh, I think anyone, whether you're 12 or 80, like that book's beneficial. And then finally, also by Whitney, is a book called Family Worship. So a pretty short book that just kind of lays out a plan if you have kids in the home to kind of worship as a family. I have another family um, the book called Family Discipleship. It's by um, the guys from The Village, Matt Chandler and Adam Griffin. Um, really restructured how I thought about um, discipling my kids and and having time um, in God's word with them. And so um, great book, really good podcast that they've created out of that too, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, another one, Disciplines of a Godly Woman. There's also a book, uh, maybe a brother book, not a sister book, but it's called <laughs> Disciplines of a Godly Man. So um, yeah, pick your poison with that one. And then um, a book by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, really, really convicted me on how much I am hurrying, how much I am not present, and how in that I'm not relying on the Lord. And so, really sweet book. I think I'm being a little convicted right now because I have intentionally not read that book because I know how convicting, <laughs> how convicting it's going to be. I'm so busy. I yes, can't get to it. No, can't, I'm yeah. I, seriously, I'm, It'll I've heard really good things. gut punch you yeah. every chapter. Nice. I have a book and a podcast. So the book is John Owen's Communion with God. And that's probably not a book most people would jump to when they think spiritual disciplines. It's also an older book. But if I could plug it here, it, I remember reading that in college and it really stirred my affections of God. So I was excited to commune with him. And here's just one quote to give you like a little taste. Uh, John Owen says this, once the heart realizes the eminence of the father's love, it can't help but being overpowered, conquered and endeared to him. Put this to the test. Ponder the eternal, free, and fruitful love of the Father and see if your heart isn't stimulated to delight in him. Sit down for a while at the fountain. You will quickly discover the sweetness of the streams. So just really beautiful stuff that stirred my affections for God. And then a podcast uh, is called the Daily Liturgy Podcast from Coram Deo Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. And what I love about this is that it takes you through a few written prayers they've written of adoration. It takes you through the Lord's Prayer, and it reads a few passages of Scripture. Most of them are like 8 to 10 minutes. And what's great about that is no matter how busy you are, or if you have to get somewhere, you know, you will be driving most likely in the day if you're at least an adult or going to work or whatever. And so it gives you a good opportunity to just listen, to soak in God's word, to listen to really um, faithful prayers and to walk through the Lord's prayer. And so you can start your day off well, it can end your work day well, it can Mm -hmm. do both, honestly, (laughs) when you're driving to and from. And so it's a, it's a great rhythm to get into there. So, yeah. That's sweet. Guys, any, any parting words or um, shout outs or acknowledgements or Randall, you got any more quotes over there? No. <laughs> I do, but I'll, I'll That was a silent laugh. Very random. Yeah, that was very, very often. Look, she's, very you're doing it. She's, she's trying so, so hard. Out, yeah. She is silent laughing, which if you guys don't know, For Randall, the sake of your she, eardrums. Yeah. I've been I here am... six months. I've never seen that. She, oh, there oh, it is. It's oh, coming. Oh. It's coming. <laughs> Randall has the that. most infectious <laughs> uh, wall-piercing laugh Loud. that, Loud that, laugh. that yes. pervades the uh, reason of scientific mm-hmm. ability. Yeah, I think one thing yeah. that I would say... Uh, pervades or evades? There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm just doing this for Randall's silent laugh. This is yes. great. I've never seen this before. One thing I would say just to close is um, whether or not you're pro or anti New Year's resolutions, this is a good time of the year uh, Mm. to just reflect on what is real, like what does my life look like, 
um, and kind of just think from a spiritual discipline standpoint, am I doing the things? Am I putting myself in a position in a posture before God on a regular basis for him to work and mold and change mm. me? And if the answer is yes, keep going. Yeah. Like that's, that is awesome. And if the answer is no, you don't like the answer doesn't have to be no tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Right. Right. So just this is a start. great time of the year to reflect and start something new mm. if that's what's needed. I think something like I get really overwhelmed by the idea of starting new things because it's too big where I'm like, mm. oh, every day, 365 days, yeah. I am going to read a chapter of scripture every, you know, like, and to not be overwhelmed by that, but just start with today. Today, yeah. I'm going to read the Bible for 10 minutes yeah. and I'm going to plan for it in the morning. And if I don't do it in the morning, then I can do it over lunch or I can do it before bed. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to look like the typical Bible reading Instagram mm-hmm. photo and just for today. And then I wake up tomorrow and it's just for mm. to for today again, where like the Lord is our daily bread yes. and we need to go back for bread every day. And just the idea that gone that's all right Mm -hmm. edit this out that's great Mm -hmm. no no that was good though so i and i i think too just a lot of this again like we're this isn't just about behavior modification yes or self-improvement yeah or uh setting making a plan for you yourself to accomplish something on your own ultimately what we're after here is that our hearts and our minds and our thoughts and our affections would be more and more captured by god that we would take those captive and bring them to the Lord, whether it's our time, whether it's our habits, whether it's specifically these spiritual disciplines that, that we bring our life to God and that, you know, Romans 12, 1, that, that we live lives of living sacrifice, that that's our spiritual worship, that we would be better worship worshipers, yep. that we would grow in our maturity as followers of Jesus, that we would be more equipped to be everyday missionaries. And ultimately that in this, the more time that we walk with the Lord, that God is more glorified in us. Right. And it's not for our accomplishment or it's not for our arrival. And it, it has nothing to do with that, but like, I think we you know, spent just 40 minutes talking about spiritual disciplines. I think it's helpful to remember, too, like, if this feels heavy or if this feels like a burden, like, our life is a vapor. Hmm. We are here today and we are gone tomorrow. We belong to the Lord. We have been made by God for God for his glory. And nothing that we worry about, right, like we can't add a single day to our life. We can't take a hair off our own. Well, I guess we could take a hair out of our own head, but God ordained you to do that if you're sarcastic (laughs) and kind of a spicy person. But um, ultimately this is all about God's glory. And as a church, Veritas, uh, it is our prayer as staff members here at this table um, that we would become people who would be more conformed to the image of Christ for God's glory so that we could see more fruit of the gospel, not just at work in our lives, but going out into the, our workplaces, into our homes, that we would be more mature disciples, better everyday missionaries, and that God would be glorified all throughout that. So let's do that. Um, church, what a year this has been. Looking forward to this next year with you as well. 
Thanks for joining us. We love you. And we will not, we all, I always want to say, we'll see you next time. Michael does the same thing. Jake says the same thing. <laughs> we will not see you because this is a podcast, but we'll probably see you at church or in connection group or something. But we love you guys. Happy New Year. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.